Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. Thank you so much for stopping by today. All right, so we have everything for you as far as grant writing, funding, and different things that encompass either being a freelancer so, or a consultant so you can serve nonprofits or if you're in a nonprofit or you're, you know, you had the, just the role of grant writer or development director kind of thrown on your lap and you aren't really sure where to go. So um, today is a really special day because I have actually four people in the podcast. Yes, <laughs> so much fun. But I think this is really important as um, you're going to see some different perspectives on how to do marketing. Now, what do you say marketing? What we're primarily discussing today with Shindelight Enterprise is to really look at um, marketing for your nonprofit organization. So this can also work for you, hey, you freelancers and consultants out there. This could be your hat too, as far as what you can kind of advise or maybe think of doing as an added service, right? And then for you nonprofit leaders that are listening to this or volunteers or university students, um, this is something what you can really, you know, kind of tune into as far as what is needed. And this is a lot of low-hanging fruit. So during COVID times, right, we're all online. And that means you two nonprofits, right? And if you're suffering because of a loss of funding during this time, making sure that you have an attractive website is really important right now. And that could be the difference between getting more funders and donors and just people, you know, one-on-one -on -one contributors versus people not even knowing what you're doing and they won't give, right? If they can't see that online. So we're also gonna look at ADA compliance, which I think is really important. And I love how Abigail, you know, she really talks about this and they've developed some systems. And it could be as simple as when you're doing a video, put on your closed captions, right? So I think there's a huge audience there that is being missed and marginalized because we're just not up to date uh, with our technology, right? but that can easily be addressed. And she's gonna talk about that today. So this is a really, really awesome podcast to look at that once again, low hanging fruit on how you can advance and how you can just tap into a huge market that's out there um, that you may not be doing just because you know you didn't put a donate button on your website or when you go to your website, it's super confusing. So she's gonna kind of break down certain things. And also, like I said, look at ADA compliance, which is very important. So before I do the introduction, um, like I said, it's really fun because she has her team on board here today, so it's a lot of fun. Um, I also just wanted to give a shout out, like uh, for my 2020 cohort uh, freelance grant writing master course has already begun. We're on our second week. It is so much fun. So a big shout out to my students out there they are listening. And for those of you who weren't able to get in the 2020 cohort, don't worry about it. I will definitely let you know when the 2021 cohort is opening. And as always, if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please do me a big favor and leave a review on iTunes. I read each and every one of them and it's absolutely great. It also helps other people be able to find the podcast. And of course, if you want any materials that we discuss in this podcast today, or if you want to look up more on Shine Delight, please do check out grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 138. 
Hello, hello, hello. This is Holly Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding, and I am your podcast host today, also YouTube host. Hello, hello. I'm super excited to be here today, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. All right, so that might be the mission of the nonprofit you work at or the many different nonprofits that you serve. And here with me today is a group of people. We're like a crew today. This is awesome. Usually I do a lot of one-on-ones. Today we have three other people in the house with me today, so I'm really excited. And this is the entire enterprise, well, it's a segment of the enterprise that's representing Shine Delight Enterprises. And that is Shine and the word delight all together in one, which I think is really witty and cute. So Shine Delight <laughs> Enterprises. So I have with me here today, Ms. Abigail Davison, who is CEO and founder. I also have Brian Brogard, who is the creative director, and CJ Hicks, who is the, he is the director of IT marketing. So we have all of that today, and oh, sorry, director of IT, director of IT. All right, but he does marketing, some marketing here, so it's really exciting. And Shine Delight, about Shine Delight, um, I just want to read the tagline because I thought it was really, really great. And uh, they, they shine delight on best practices to include awareness and digital inclusion using innovation and a flawless execution technique. I think that's fantastic. We're going to hear all about the different services that they offer today. And you nonprofit leaders out there, you uh, freelancers, this is something to listen to today because you are going to hear about, we're going to like take a little peek at ADA compliance on your website. We're going to peek at your branding, social media, and some great things that these people do at Shine Delight. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so Abigail, let's go ahead and start with you. You are the founder and CEO. I love it. You got yes. your team in today. You're like, Holly, we did a little call before. We've actually been working on some sidebar things with um, fundraising, so it's been a lot of fun. And then you're like, mm -hmm. let me get my team on the podcast with me because they have a lot to offer as well. So I'm really excited, but thanks, Abigail. So welcome to the show. And yeah, please like, let us know a little bit about Shine Delight Enterprises. Thank you, Holly, for having me. I love that you said witty. <laughs> yeah, it is witty. I love it. <laughs> oh, um, so initially when we started, we were just web and writing services. Uh, we've kind of scaled into um, enterprise. So within mm -hmm. our enterprise, we are actually comprised of a number of divisions. Um, I always say six, then it's seven, then it's really eight then it's nine. It really, <laughs> it really it depends. Growing. Yes, it keeps growing. And I, I think, I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but really what we are, we are a one-stop business solution. A lot of times, um, nonprofits especially, they don't necessarily know how to navigate service-based businesses. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to go to multiple service-based businesses. So what we provide in our nonprofit division exclusively is that one-stop so within that one-stop experience, you're going to get your IT, you're going to get your e-commerce, you're going to get your social media marketing, you're going to get your content strategy and optimization, you're going to get your writing services, you may even have an app, we'll do, we'll do your app development with you as well. And we also have a standalone division, which is the, another company, which I'm also the CEO and founder of, which is our Shine Delight Client Solutions. So we also offer um, remote call center support. So oh, wow. essentially, we, yes, we just, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we 
you know, we looked at how can we service so that you get everything you need in one experience. This is how we, we can do that. That's fantastic. And I brought my... So the, the call service is that if you want for your, um, you want somebody to answer your phone, you want to somebody to navigate your phone calls or just have that professional kind of front if you have a smaller office maybe? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's, so the call center um, is multifaceted. So there is um, the traditional customer experience where the person is picking up the phone and they may read off a script, um, a verbatim script, and they're providing your service. Um, and then there's the, the answering service. We do have answering service. Um, and then the full experience where if um, you need someone to sign up for a service, submit paperwork, whatever that process looks like, our remote call center representatives can ha can do that for you. Very cool. That's awesome. I love that that notion of the one stop. And you yes. obviously have more than your, just yourself doing this as you, we have two other yes. of your team on the call today. <laughs> so it, yeah, I mean, it does take a tribe to build it up. Mm -hmm. And before, you know, we, we kind of tap into that, I want to know, like, just from you starting up like obviously you did you I mean maybe you did did you start with a team or did you start as a solo entrepreneur and kind of test the waters and see if this is going to work and then hire out or how what was your journey into this so I've had shine to light actually since 2004 mm -hmm. so I've been doing it on a freelance and independent contracting basis um, since 2004 mm -hmm. I think um, at some point you know we reached that um moment uh, where we're just thinking you know what's next we're really looking at what our options are as business um, professionals and for me the the only next track was the ownership track mm -hmm. um, I you know climbed the corporate ladder as far as um, I could climb it um, mm -hmm. and then realized that you know, for me, the, the stagger was that I needed to transition into ownership. So it wasn't a negative as much as it was a positive to kind of push me um, in a direction of ownership. And with the ownership, I looked at what's what's my skill set? What is it that I do? What is it that I have? And how can I um, put all these things together so that I can market this professionally and actually generate a response? I'd already been doing Shine Delight. It already had taken on a life of its own because all it takes is word of mouth, right? People okay. started talking um, and we started growing. So in that growth, I reached out to my team. Um, my team is comprised of um, professionals that I've worked with in various corporate sectors. Um, and they came on board. Um, didn't have to do a whole lot of teeth pulling. <laughs> um, we've all worked together in, in some capacity so we all know each other I think that helps as well I didn't get a team that I'm not foreign to where we don't know each other mm -hmm. um, so it really helped that everyone that I have on my team I have worked with in some capacity so um, and it was just basically out of response to the services that I was already providing, which primarily was the web development and the writing services, you know, the ghost writing, the editing, the copy editing. And it mm -hmm. kind of just pivoted from there mm -hmm. to where we are right now with the enterprise, which is still growing. Um, and this is the, what I, that one stop experience can actually look like mm -hmm. for any business. 
I love that. I love that you, you know, you start it with something what you're familiar with, start it freelancing and then, okay, I'm going to focus on these things, but now, you know, I'm going to grow it to this because this is what I feel comfortable and I can also take on these experts that I have worked with. And that's a question I get a lot is, you know, Holly, how do I, how do I get people on board in my company? Like, how do I hire people? How do I grow? Because where do I find people? And I think finding skilled people that understand your brand and understand your culture and your values of your company, it's, it can be challenging, right? To have those good fit because once you find that fit, it's so important. So that's really, really cool. I love that you started with where you were good, where you're talented and then grew it that way. So congratulations on that. And speaking of growing it into this team, let's go ahead and get your, your guys here on the team introduced Yay. here. Yeah. <laughs> so we have, once again, we have CJ Hicks and your director of IT and then we have Brian Brogard, and he is the creative director. So, um, CJ, so as far as the, the IT, like, what's kind of what's your background, and then you reeled in here, and what, what do you do in Shine Delight Enterprises? Well, um, to make it short, simple, and sweet, uh, I handle all the <laughs> IT aspects, uh, uh, handling uh, development of applications, uh, statistics that may come out, and um, like I said before, uh, in a previous conversation that I've done some some testing work so definitely the um, ADA compliance part as well. Mm -hmm. And how do you find like that I love that you guys do ADA compliance and like I, I said you know we don't we've never talked about that on the on this show so I think it's really cool. I would love for you to dabble in that a little bit because a lot of nonprofits don't realize that that's even a thing and even freelancers like it's important to have your websites in ADA compliance so people um, with disabilities can actually access it as well, right? So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? And sometimes in the, on the backside of a website, you can kind of see that if you know a little bit about how to like update your website, but you're still not sure what to do with it, right? So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Well, for people that don't know what ADA stands for, that's Americans with Disability Act, uh, I was actually doing a little research prior to this call and found out that there's more than 19% of Americans with disability. Wow. I thought that was it's like one out of five or something crazy like that. So I was yeah. like, I was really just astounded by that number. Um, and of course, it's just giving the, the, um, the fair chance for people with disabilities to be a part of your, the web experience. So there may be tools or maybe you may be... Um, vision impaired, hearing impaired, or physically um, disabled or something like that. So, um, so that's the nutshells of ADA. Um, on the back end, there are tools that you can use to kind of help you out um, to kind of go through the website and tell you where you can make improvements. Um, there are also devices that you can probably use for um, people that may be hearing impaired um, that they can use and vision impaired as well. So they can actually function just as well as we can that doesn't have any disabilities at all, so. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So is that, do you guys get a lot of people coming to you to do that service? So I'll respond to that one. So what we've done um, initially is started the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, with our website builds, that's standard, um, okay. is to build every website um, so that it is ADA compliant. What initially um, I found, I've been doing web development for a number of years, and yes, I'm putting earrings on while I'm talking. Oh. <laughs> they look good too. You guys gotta check out their YouTube channel if you're not on there right now. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> um, so what I found in my web development is that even I, um, in the number of years that I had been building websites, um, I was aware um, that a lot of the ADA um, tools are built into the standard operating systems for computers. So the build in the website is something that is always been relevant, but I think now more, you know, now, especially now with everyone being at home, the focus has really shifted to um, businesses becoming absolutely aware that mm -hmm. their platforms are not compliant. So within the last couple of years, what I've noticed is that major corporations I'm talking Foot Locker. I'm talking entertainers mm -hmm. are being were being fined um, seventy five thousand dollars or more for wow. their platforms. Yes, not being compliant. Mm -hmm. And in that compliance piece, that got me looking at okay. So one, I'm always um, conscious of making sure that I present my best work, right? Mm -hmm. And the for a web web developer and even a creative director and Brian to speak more heavily to this, we always design with that white space element, right? Yeah. Um, nothing is in the in the background of a website is so overwhelming. Um, there's enough white space where you can read the text, mm -hmm. you can see the images, and then not cause um, harm to your to your eyes. For persons with disabilities, that aspect is magnified mm -hmm. um so if you're vis you know visually impaired or if you suffer from seizure disorders and you go onto a website and in addition to your assistive technology if there's a hot pink or neon green or you know like some blaring flashing um mm. colors which i've seen on websites yeah. that will cause harm someone yeah. can have a seizure wow. um, from you know from looking at that it's the same as we tell our kids when they're playing video games like that prolonged exposure yeah. to that constant visual movement mm -hmm. um, can bring about a harm so in the website experience um, as we you know did our research and we're actually doing a case study which we will release within the next couple of months we did bring on a specialist who works um, exclusively as an advocate for persons with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, he himself is disabled and he has been advocating for persons with disabilities since the days when there was no elevator in workplaces in mm -hmm. the building itself. So he kind of helped to drive that conversation for what that visual um, experience should look like for persons mm -hmm. navigating a website and then those who are hearing impaired um, what they would need like the the videos a lot of websites don't have enough um, videos where they can hear you know hear um, not so much here but the closed captioning right. where they can read the closed captioning mm -hmm. I'm sorry uh, <laughs> uh, where they can read the closed captioning to the video so one, you don't have enough um, elements on the website to engage persons with disabilities so that they can safely navigate your website. And then two, what is there? Um, you haven't provided the necessary assistance to persons who would need to like see those closed captionings 
on the videos um, that some e-commerce websites have where they're showing you how to do certain things, mm -hmm. but there's no closed captioning. Right. Um, and then the other thing is persons that do Braille, um, mm -hmm. yes, that's those are specialized systems, but if your website is not fully integrated to even allow for that experience, what's happening is one, you're risking the possibility of being sued. Mm -hmm. And then two, you're leaving so much opportunity on the table. Mm -hmm. um, opportunity for leads, opportunity for customer, um, for um, recipient engagement, opportunity for um, funding engagement, mm -hmm. and opportunity for uh, what we say, just revenue in general. Mm -hmm. um, when you don't consider populations outside of what we perceive as the the traditional end user, so mm -hmm. what we've been what we hope to gain through this case study is to really drive that home and mm -hmm. to educate all businesses, but primarily, especially nonprofit businesses, that you are not exempt um, mm -hmm. from having your platforms to be compliant. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what that compliance great. piece can look like. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I think that's fantastic. And it's also, a, you know, if you're looking to build a culture around your nonprofit or your business, mm -hmm. right, you're also losing the opportunity of that. And as um, CJ had said, if that's one in five people that you're missing out on or 20% mm -hmm. of the population or nearly 20%, right, you're looking at those are people that could also be advocates for your mission, right? And could really do a lot of good and, and, you know, spread what your mission does. So I think that's so important. And, you know, it definitely has me reflecting on my own things too. Like, Ooh, I need to do more closed captions on my videos, you know? So this is a really good conversation for me um, just for my business too, because that is a lot of reach, right? And um, mm -hmm. people that could be learning about grant writing and these kind of things that we're talking about today, um, you know, just to have something. And a lot of those systems can be integrated fairly um, in a fairly simple way. There's more people like yourselves out there that can assist with those services, right? So mm -hmm. that's really a really good thing. And I, you know, and also looking at that legal aspect, which is really important. So I think we're going to see more and more of that, of course, because we don't want to exclude a population of people, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's just to say, so this is really awesome work. Um, I also wanted to touch on um, a little bit of uh, with Brian, I know you do a lot with uh, social media, but also with branding identity. We've talked about that a bit on this show before, but I kind of wanted you to also kind of tap into that again, because I think it's, it's one of the missing pieces that can drive mission for nonprofits or really be able to get, it's kind of like a foundation marker. And if you don't have it, you're going to do a lot of stuff that's going to cost you a lot of money and time that you're eventually going to have to roll back to this anyways. I've done this myself in my business with different logos and websites and then having to like tumble back a little bit. So can you talk about that somewhat for this and why it's important for nonprofit leaders and freelancers to be clear on branding? Sure. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, as you stated, um, you know, just for your audience, um, you know, I, I, I come from a traditional design background um, and, and through that background, I developed a love for brand identity, um, you know, because, you know, when you look at a brand um, for a company, it says a lot about, you know, the, the, what type of company they are. Um, and, and depending on the, uh, the, the, the lineage or the, or the, 
the length of how long a company has been around um, mm -hmm. and how many different iterations of logos they've been through throughout their years. Uh, like, for example, GE. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure they've only had three lo different types of logos wow. in their some odd years of being yeah. in business. Um, and that kind of tells you a little something as far as how important brand is. Mm -hmm. um, and I know uh, one of the most famous ones is Nike with the swoosh. Yeah. You put the swoosh on there, everyone knows what brand it is. Now, there's a a lot of people when they think about uh, you know whether it's companies or you know uh, uh, entrepreneurs or you know just freelancers in general, um, you know would they just want to throw a logo up that represents them and then get move mm -hmm. on to the next stuff that's going to help drive the business? Um, but you know that they kind of then overlook when it gets to a point where there's a little bit of customer confusion with what the company, what the brand rep says about the company and vice mm -hmm. versa. Um, and, and that there's not two mission statements kind of combined within the company mission and mm -hmm. the brand visuals. Um, so it's very important to, to, to identify what your company's or your nonprofit's mission is mm -hmm. and develop a brand that encapsulates mm -hmm. that or personifies that that mission um you know especially when you know from a from a nonprofit standpoint uh, you know if you have a nonprofit that you know every month does a different campaign and wants to build out their own unique visual style for each campaign they still have to have some grounding element mm -hmm that ties it back to the overall foundation, the overall company, um, yeah. you know, so that you can get that brand awareness and brand recognition, mm -hmm. but have it be identifiable to your, to mm -hmm. your main company's look and feel. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. One of, one of the best things I did for my company, honest to God, one of the best things I did was I hired um, a good friend of mine. So she knows my company in and out and she does a lot with um, branding. And she said, okay, Holly, here's what you do. You open up a Pinterest board and you start putting a bunch of stuff in there that resonates with you, right? It was really interesting. So I did that and she talked to me, of course, she knew what my values were. She knew my mission and vision and all of that. So she worked with me and then she knew kind of what my aesthetics were, like what I found pleasing and, and beautiful. And then she developed one page that's all it is it's a one page branding portfolio which i absolutely pull up all the time and a lot of it i know but she gave me the different you know four different colors here you're here what the um the pantones or the numbers are for the colors and here's your different fonts here's like three fonts that you're going to use and here's your logo you know what i mean so it was just like all of a sudden and here's your mood so she gave me a little mood board which is really cute but i have gone back to that anything i develop as long as i'm using some of my colors my fonts it's, you know, and I put my logo on it and I can do it in different jazzy ways. But as long as I have that foundation, everything you can tell is it's what I've developed, right? You're like, oh, that's brand writing and funding. Any of my social media, I can use those, you know? So it's like any, anything on my website, I use those. So it's, it's been a life saver and also a time saver, right? For me, yeah. tremendous. So do you guys do something like that? Because like that, I just found is like... Key, you know? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With all of the uh, the different brands uh, that, that that we work with, um, you know, we like to establish a, uh, what we call a brand identity style guide. 
Ooh, um, that can be as that can be as you know uh, I don't want to say simplistic simplistic but to the point of, yeah. you know like you said a one sheeter that has your fonts your your color palette swatch breakdowns um, your even your imagery style or nice. your color usage you know outlines you know and you can take something like that or you can create and I'm sure you know your audience members have seen these these 50 page corporate identity guides mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. large corporations because it it just it it, it saves time and, and acts as a reference point um, not necessarily for the individual that created it yeah but for anybody that's going to read it so you mm -hmm. know specifically for nonprofits if you get a one sheeter reference of your brand you could go work with freelancers, independent contractors, com mm -hmm. other companies, and you have this resource that rather than saying, well, you know, I like the clouds and I like this and I like the sun <laughs> and I want this in my logo and blah, blah, blah. Rather than having who you're working with interpret that, you can just give them everything yep. they need to know about your brand. Yep. Yeah, and I, I've done that. I've hired interns and, you know, different people to work with me, and I've just given them that, and they've been able to run out and do different things, like, as far as social media. So, also, so that's really important, and I love that you guys do that. I don't feel like enough people do that, and I find that a lot of nonprofits and freelancers, they get lost in playing with these fancy fonts and these these things that are hard to read then, and, and they're very cluttered, and they're not, you know, and they've put all this time and energy into it, and they're like, but doesn't this look pretty? And you're like... I don't really connect this to your logo and I can't really read it. Right. So sometimes it's about being, keep it simple. Right. And, um, yep. be very clear on, on that. And that can really, it does save you a lot of time, but also like kind of switching in because a lot of people, a lot of nonprofits and a lot of freelancers are like, I need to be on social media. I don't have the time or the expertise to keep up with all these, like, no, there's TikTok and there's this and there's that, right? Like, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I do this? Like, and now, you know, and maybe they just hire an intern who has no idea either, even if they're a Gen Z, right? We can't assume they all know how to do social media like we think we do sometimes, right? <laughs> just give it to a 20-year-old. And I'm like, yes, yeah, sometimes that 20-year-old doesn't know what they're doing. Let me tell you. So you guys do social media too. So can you guys talk about that a little bit? So with the social media, um, because there's so many, mm -hmm. um, and I and I find out about it through my um, conversations with other CEOs who are intrigued. We actually found just found out about TikTok maybe a month ago. So, <laughs> um, and then my assignment was, can you figure out how we can use it for our business? Mm -hmm. um, so of course, for me. Um, my response to an ask is always to do it for ourselves first. Right. So I went on TikTok. I put up um, the video that's on our homepage mm -hmm. and 550 people within 17 minutes responded to that video. Wow. So for me, as a there you go. <laughs> so for me as a marketer, I was like, oh, bye bye Facebook. Um, <laughs> Hello, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Um, <laughs> but that's the mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Figure out the platform, how you can best um, use it. And even in the response, even though we got 500 plus within 17 minutes and thousands more after that for one video, mm -hmm. did it generate what I would look for in a marketing campaign, which is a lead. Right. Um, and really a sure lead because mm -hmm. at that point, what I 
developed was a lot of followers who was just waiting for the next video. Mm -hmm. Um, So understanding the platform and how you can best use that platform Mm -hmm. to generate the response um, that makes sense for what it is that you're doing. So with us being a marketing agency, Facebook is kind of like that following where we're putting a lot of content out to show people what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, we get leads from Facebook, but the majority of our leads, business leads, come from LinkedIn and Alignable because those platforms are set up for businesses that understand our services and right. that utilize our services. So understanding what each platform represents Mm-hmm. Um, and how to best use it for your business, mm-hmm. that's when you start getting the results and you're not burnt out with, well, I got 5,000 people on Facebook and 20,000 yeah. followers on Instagram and I don't have a sale, but yeah, <laughs> a popular. Um, yeah. If you figure that piece out and then you market it correctly, which is what Brian is excellent at doing, because he he knows the pixel better than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, once you learn that, then that's when you start to see true results in your marketing campaigns across the social media. Right. No, that's really good. And what did you say the second one? You said LinkedIn and another platform. Which other one? Alignable. What is, like I've never another, heard of that. So yeah. Alignable is like a conference, actually. It's, uh-huh. it's huge. Um, when I first, you know, really start launched out into the deep is what I call it. But when I was doing, <laughs> when I was doing Shine Delight web and writing services, all of my business came from Alignable and it was sustaining business. And the more I did, the more I got recommended. So now we're highly recommended our business, our businesses, because all of our businesses are on the Alignable platform. All of our businesses are highly recommended, but it's a commerce platform and I, I can definitely send you a link. Um, oh, it's so a commerce you, platform. Okay. Is it like Gumroad or something like that? Or like, is it more, or like, um, so it's like LinkedIn, like LinkedIn. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like LinkedIn, but it's more promotional. So you are able to list your services. There is a form where you can ask questions and people will actually respond. Um, mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time in the forum on the weekends um, responding to questions and, mm-hmm. or asking questions. So you can post events, you can post updates, um, all of your services, anything wow. that you're doing with your business. And then other business owners are seeing it. Mm-hmm. And if they need that service, they're going to reach out to you through the messaging feature, right? So now you have a lead and a sale, right? Wow. And you have a platform where you can build out and say, hey, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. So um, just like any chamber, Alignable mm-hmm. is that digital chamber. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I don't know what you know, some chambers fees are, but Alignable is <laughs> much more manageable in the sense of what you can afford mm-hmm. um, because they do, they, they start free and then they go up from there. Oh, nice. um, so yeah, we use all of our businesses are on the Alignable platform. Wow. Almost like a combination of Yelp and LinkedIn. It is, there is a directory on there where mm-hmm. you can find and it's searchable. So if you're looking for a cupcake maker, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you just put the, the keyword in and 5,000 businesses 
will pop up and then you filter out to your specific area with your zip code. So it's a directory. It's nice. It's so many things. I we mm-hmm. I love the Alignable platform. Um, we're highly recommended. I entered into some, they do contests. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won the small business um, award for um, a piece that I had written, I had submitted, mm-hmm. and we won from that submission. Wow, so congratulations. Got, and uh, <laughs> we, got, we got bragging rights with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and a few other promotional items came from that, um, mm-hmm. from that contest. So it is a, um, it's a platform that most people don't know about, but I highly, um, at, you know, refer because it, it has helped our business. And um, once we establish that identity of, you know, our brand identity and we put it out there, the response mm-hmm. has been tremendous. So I'll, I'll send you the link. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll put it in the show notes, you guys, so you can check it out as well. Um, yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, I love that too, as far as like, because I think there gets the overwhelm, like even said, okay, like, let's figure out TikTok to see if it's a good place. Like you have to kind mm-hmm. of like touch your toes in the water or you let other people like yourselves touch your toes in the water and then give the reviews and the feedbacks as far as like, yes, you should do this or no, you shouldn't, right? You don't always have to spend your time on that. That's why you guys are listening out there, right? Hearing from the experts that are on the call today. Um, so you don't have to waste your time to say, is that even something I should do? So, um, LinkedIn, I think is really a fantastic, um, social media platform, but I do find mm-hmm. people do get kind of sucked into, I need to be everywhere. And mm-hmm. I think maybe like with certain platforms, like using Hootsuite, which posts your, your content in different places, that's kind of possible, but you're, is it better for people to be kind of in more places or to hone in on a couple that really work for them? And how do they know which ones should work for them? You know? So we're on every single one of them. <laughs> and it's more, and it's for, think about it, we're providing a business solution. So if we're not using it. How can I possibly tell you what your results right. are going to be? Right. Um, so we have to use it um, just to see what our results are. So we can kind of mimic that in your business solution so that you get the results that you need. Mm-hmm. Is every platform for every business? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, so you figure out the platform that works best for your business that is going to generate leads and responses. If you want followers, um, make sure that your, your, your page, your business page is attracting followers. If you want fans, make sure your business page is attracting fans. If you want leads, you need to be on a lead gen platform, um, like LinkedIn, like Alignable so that, um, you're getting the the sales that you need to continue to maintain your business. But then there's a balance, right? There's a balance between every platform. So we figure out what that platform is that works best for you. Um, We use Hootsuite, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think with the advancement of all of these (laughs) social media platforms, even Hootsuite can't keep up. Um, (laughs) So it's like Hootsuite has Twitter. Right, right. Yeah. It's, and see, I love Pinterest because um, we use it for our e-commerce division. I love it just because of the the palette that it creates mm-hmm. and the and the banner image uh, with all of the products. Kind of just, you know, I love the way it does that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're when we're doing that, we're look, you know, you're looking at okay, how can I manage all of this? I'm all, you know, I am all for 
pushing automating automation if you don't automate these processes you will be burnt out and exhausted because mm-hmm. you cannot spend the whole day uh, going from one social media platform to the other so right. Hootsuite is, is a good idea but I think the best solution that I would recommend that has the ability to integrate all these social media platforms is Zapier Oh, because Zapier, yeah, mm-hmm. Zapier. You can put them all into Zapier, and then um, according to your package plan, you can automate those workflows straight out of Zapier. Um, so yes, you still use the Hootsuite because um, we. I personally like the analytics that it produces back to me mm-hmm. to let me know what our results are without mm-hmm. me having to go on the back end and pull the reports directly mm-hmm. <laughs> um, from like Facebook, which is like prints out and pages. Yeah. I mean, you will get a 75 page report and still be like, so what happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> what is this work? working? <laughs> Did I do this right? So, um, <laughs> So I still have that Hootsuite for that mm-hmm. and other post, you know, scheduling, posting experiences, um, mm-hmm. but knowing your platforms too, because we do scheduling off of Facebook and Instagram as well. But if you automate those processes, then you're not spend, you're not burnt out by those processes and right. you're seeing true, you're seeing true results. Right. But the yeah, and then you can spend time on them, like interacting. Mm-hmm. Right. So once you get your content yeah. kind of scheduled out so you can mm-hmm. maintain your, your presence, then you can just spend the time like scrolling through and, and finding and connecting with people. Right. So mm-hmm. I find that that's the most important thing to do really, you know? So like when you have time yeah. to do that, so like your company could do the back end, of course, getting this automated, getting all of your, your social media posts, looking according to your brand with your brand identity form that you guys have and stylistic guide (laughs) and then being able to implement that. So people can actually spend the time like, okay, now I can go on there and it doesn't feel like a burden. Like I have to just be posting, but I can interact, I can get connect. Right. So that's, that's the fun part. Um, I think, but yeah, so you guys have all of these different services and I just kind of wanted to circle back to CJ, um, who does the IT as well is to talk about the storage because even, you know, I was talking uh, to, before we started, I was like, I hope I have enough storage on my computer (laughs) to record this video. And I think like, that's like one of my big, like, right. Like getting the, the IT correct and things. And especially the more and more that we're working from home right now, like IT is so important. And what we know about it is a lot of us, like just, you know, just the people, like we know very little. So um, tell us like, what are some like hacks that people can do for IT that, you know, maybe that you see like the biggest challenges that people face that are like the smallest fixes that you know? Well, for storage, especially I, this is just me personally speaking, and I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, is to store everything on external hard drives. Okay, I good. Care. I do that. Well, Even if that. you're recording stuff, put record it and like point it towards the external hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of hard drives now that you can get for two terabytes. I mean, you can stack them sometimes and so on and so forth. But that's the main thing I, I find that saves my computer and especially this laptop I'm working on now is to always hook up an external hard drive store pictures, uh, movies, uh, documents, and just create photos on that external hard drive. It mm-hmm. saves your computer so much lag, you know, from trying to keep up or I'm 
I have a family member here. I'm going to mm -hmm. tell her. So she stores everything on her desktop. It oh, no. kills me um, because it takes up so much space. And if you have huge movie files, mm -hmm. a movie can be a gig easily. Mm -hmm. um, uh, or, or you got these papers, that paper, this document, all on your desktop. It's just soaking up all the memory, all the storage of that computer, just offload it to an external hard drive and let your computer breathe. <laughs> so, um, and it lets it run properly. So that's mm -hmm. the, if I had the big, that's the biggest thing about storage, external hard drives. Okay. So. Okay, so put it all on an external hard drive. And yeah, you were, you were mentioning a, a terabyte. Okay, so I'm one of those people who like gigabytes, terabytes. I'm like, that's another language. So what is, <laughs> I'm like, if it's more expensive, is it better? Like, I don't know. So I'm assuming that it holds more, but I'm not really sure. So like, what kind of recommend, what would you recommend people to go buy? Because they might go and say, I need an external hard drive and they have no idea even what to get. Like me. I would say minimum is at least two terabytes. Okay. It has a two terabytes on it. That's my recommendation. Other people mm -hmm. may think differently, but two terabytes and well, it depends on what you're doing as well. If you're dealing mm -hmm. with a lot of movies and things that I, nature uh i think they do have a i don't know for sure they have a five terabyte i think i did see that somewhere but either way the minimum is a two terabyte and that can hold mm -hmm. quite a few movies as, as you know as possible but normal average person like pictures documents two mm -hmm. terabytes good enough i would do okay what about things like i also use dropbox right so um and that's because if i have a team too interacting and it's a good place to put things but i also see that you know it helps me not take up space um on my laptop and it holds it somewhere where if my computer crashes or my hard drive crashes like it's somewhere safe do you also recommend different types of cloud-based storage systems absolutely um if you, if you can, I actually, I take a lot of pictures now. So all my pictures, as soon as I upload it, go straight up to my cloud. So that's another good way, definitely, to do things. Um, I do actually have Dropbox as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually love Dropbox. Um, so you just click and drag over there. And it's yeah. actually like a, and you can access it anywhere, of course. Yeah. So as long as you have a computer or your phone, I actually even have Dropbox on my phone. Um, oh, nice. Where I can access pictures, movies, or whatever you put into your folders. And actually, you can create subfolders as well that people don't know about Dropbox. I think most people do. But if you don't, then you can create subfolders, like main folders, then subfolders underneath those to really organize your work. So you can create a folder for movies, pictures, documents, uh, resumes, whatever you have. And then you can actually organize that and it can be mm -hmm. access, uh, you can access it anywhere. That's great. Yeah. And that's it. the other thing is one quick question on Dropbox. Because now it asks you, do you want to have it where it simultaneously also saves to your to your desktop? So you would say don't do that option, or would you say don't do that, right? Because then it's just going to take up space. You don't need it. Okay. Absolutely. That's why I'm like, why is this happening now? If you're using a lot, some people might say, well, I want it on my desktop to access it pretty quickly. I don't want to have to log in a Dropbox, go get the file, download it, and all that. Mm, but that's fine. Yeah. That, that's fine. Yeah. yeah so yeah. if you're going to use it right away and then you're going to push it back up, then that's fine. But me personally, mm -hmm. I never save anything on my desktop. If right. I click up here, you see not one folder. Not one yeah, because that really slows down everything. Like it can slow down the way it starts up your computer and just even here being on Zoom, like it could slow those kind of things down. Right. So I think, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, most people have servers in their houses. So if you have a server, that might be something totally different. But you'd be working mm -hmm. with desktops and laptops. So yeah, definitely keep it off on the drop box. Okay. Definitely.
I got to drag some things in my recycle bin. All right. <laughs> but you guys also mentioned, I see in the side notes here, you guys mentioned some other things, Abigail and Brian, that are uh, for, for good storage systems. Did you guys want to mention those? I use Creative Cloud. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it syncs with all of my um, systems and it is also mobile friendly. Mm -hmm. um, only because I will Photoshop a picture in the middle of a conversation and send it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the creative cloud helps me to do that because it is part of the Adobe suite. Mm -hmm. um, the storage is unlimited. Um, I can, I literally have so many files, so it works similar to Dropbox, um, but it allows me to use everything else that I do with the Adobe mm -hmm. all in that same um, interaction. Nice. Nice. And Brian, you also mentioned, I believe OneDrive. Yep, that's uh, part of the uh, Microsoft Office 365, um, mm -hmm. where if anybody has an account, they should have uh, uh, storage, cloud storage on their OneDrive. Um, and it, uh, if you're on a Windows PC, um, it links straight through to your Window Explorer. Um, okay. So it, it acts like a virtual, like another part of your computer. Uh, oh, I nice. use it personally, and I love it. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, those are great tips. And we can we put all the links for those in the show notes because those are really important little hacks. I think that are super, that will just help your life because we've all been at that point where you're like, oh my gosh, my computer is out of storage and I have a meeting in a few minutes and I don't have time to deal with this. And then it just kind of like all of a sudden your entire afternoon is spent like trying to figure this out, right? <laughs> So I'm glad you guys are here to help people through that process too, so they don't have to figure that out. So you guys are known as a one-stop shop. So as we're kind of wrapping up here, I want you to kind of um, have some remarks on that one-stop shop. Again, we talked about ADA compliance today on your website. We talked about brand identity, social media marketing, or at least so which platforms to use and to look at and why. And we also talked a bit about storage, right, with your IT. And all of those things are just, they might sound very separated, but they're all different components of a nonprofit or of a business, right? As a freelancer, you kind of need to look at all of these things. So do you guys have any like, um, is there any other en encapsulating kind of service that you guys provide that would help round out this, this one-stop shop? I know Abigail had mentioned also writing and editing, but is there anything else that you guys kind of do that you offer when, when your clients come, when people come and say, hey, what do you guys do? What can you help us with? Oh, I'm sorry, say? I was talking. <laughs> Oh, so what we are, our promotion for nonprofits, um, and Brian is the, the one who can speak more to this because this, this is what his team is doing, what he um, is doing. So we're doing the one page website, right? A lot of nonprofits, they are so focused on their budget, they are missing it completely. Um, so what we figured out is that, is how to do the one page website and do it well enough that everything that they need can go on that one page. It's broken off into sections. And if there are links, they link to a landing page. Um, mm. The end user is a seamless process. It's as if you were clicking on multiple pages on a website, but mm. what it is is the one page and the end users are clicking on links that are taking them to um, landing pages. We have a variety of landing page creator systems. We would sync it to that one page website um, to make that a seamless interaction for your end users. Mm -hmm. um, it's our most affordable 
platform. So this is what we're promoting to nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. because we know that for for you know nonprofits, the cost is always yeah. um, the number one factor. And I really want nonprofits to stop letting um, the amateurs <laughs> yeah. um, create these websites because you. Um, are responsible for anything you put online. Mm-hmm. If your website isn't secure because it's not properly integrated with the right SSL, SSL um, certificate, mm-hmm. you're putting your your donors' credit card information at risk. Mm-hmm. So you got to be conscious because you are a business, right? Yeah. And you are responsible for what you put out there and that um, end user experience, what you're asking that end user to do. So mm-hmm. if you're asking someone to donate, your platform needs to be safe enough for that person to do so. Yeah. And relying on PayPal to provide that experience, is, is, that's not enough. No. So we, we sat down, we had a conversation about how do we do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and the one page website is how we um, decided that this is the best thing that we can offer Mm-hmm. Um, nonprofit organizations, it would rely on the content. Um, a lot of nonprofits don't um, write specific content to their brand either. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, so what do you do? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Or they pulled it from somebody else's website and they plagiarized. All right. Yeah. You can be sued for that. That's copyright <laughs> infringement. Mm-hmm. So I'll let Brian talk about that uh, one page website and how we decided to offer it. Great. Yeah. Um, so, like Abigail said, yeah, we offer a, what we call the one page solution, um, where, you know, it, it doesn't really matter too much on the size of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as, you know, the message that you want to convey to your target audience to your, you know, uh, your market, um, is, is clear. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the one page we, we felt, you know, was a, a a good way to tell us your story, tell the company's story, um, and, and very easily guide, um, a, a, a user or a visitor to the site down the page. They get all of the information that they need without having to go to, you know, sub page under sub page under right. open up this new tab in a different window, you know, mm-hmm. all of the, you know, all, all of the fun stuff that has its, uh, all of the different functions that have a place within uh, web development, um, but aren't necessarily key um, to, 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 to the objective of a mm-hmm. one page website. Um, and, and like Abigail said, you know, the, the one page can be a foundation. Right. Um, you know, if you have, um, a, a product launch that mm-hmm. uh, you want to promote or your 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 um your a, a solutions um, uh, company or a nonprofit, but then you also want to start selling like e-commerce you can do a completely different site on another one page on a landing page to mm-hmm. sell products or you could you know gain donations on another product page or on another landing page um you know it, it really just provides you with a foundation and and more so the flexibility, um, yeah. you know, to, to, to like, uh, you know, Abigail's point, uh, nonprofits, they're really focused on what matters to a lot of people and that's cost, yeah. um, and making sure that you get the most bang out for your buck. Um, you know, and, you know, starting with the one pager, that's just a really good solution to just 
get your, you know, get your feet on the ground, mm -hmm. start getting some traction, start driving some, uh, some traffic to your site through social campaigns, whether mm -hmm. they're just organically sourced or uh, standard news feed um, to the point where you eventually want to start running paid ads on yeah. Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever social platform is applicable to your target audience and your business uh, mm -hmm. philosophy. Um, so yeah, it's really just kind of an all in one nice little contained package that you can, you know, you can start with um, and, you know, you can work with an, an existing brand. If, mm -hmm. if you're a nonprofit or another company wants to kind of do a one-off or a, a subdivision of their company, you know, this one page would be perfect. Or if they have a special initiative that is, well, it, it's linked to the company, but not, you know, a kind of its own stand um, right. thing, you mm -hmm. know, the, the, it still works for them. I, and you're seeing that more and more often. I see that on, you know, and I like it actually the one page and that's just, you know, you can scroll down one page and you can see, like you said, you get taken through this little journey and it can be relatively short even, but it could be like your, your mission statement, your vision, who you serve, what you do, and then maybe a, a main call to action, like, and donate or get involved. Right. So, and instead of having like, Oh, here's the blog side and here's this and here, and then you're going down the rabbit hole and you're taking people away from what you want them to do, which is mm -hmm. to donate or to get involved right so they kind of get distracted by other things almost like being on a social media page where there's all these pings going on so I do like that that whole like okay and I'm seeing it's becoming more popular which is really cool and even with freelancers I see that just to get them started they don't want to invest a lot of capital into something but they need to have a presence that leads to an outcome like contact me for a consultation call or whatever and it can just simply tell their story and get through it so I do think that's really smart what you guys are doing and I totally, yeah, I'm, I'm aligned with that as far as like getting people off the ground or if they've just like, I'm so like, I'm so frustrated with my website right now because it's not really doing anything and it's all over the place and it, you know, it's, it's black with white or, or yeah, it's like black with white writing with a hot pink in the background. Like you're talking about up again, <laughs> looks like it's from the nineties. And I, yeah, we see a lot of that, like you get a headache, right? When you open that page. So yeah. <laughs> So I need to get like refreshed. So I love this. It actually is a one-stop shop. Like we just circled through the whole thing and you guys do all of that. So super excited about this. Um, I love that. So definitely we'll put the link on the one-stop um, where you guys go, but also the, the one page, right? Solution, the one page solution. So we'll definitely give a link on that as well. If you guys are interested in reaching out to, um, shine delight enterprises and looking at what type, type of uh, services that they can provide. So you can see there's many different services or just to see what they do too. check out their website. So, um, yeah, any last words you guys want to add before we close out today? And I tell them where to find you guys. Thank you, Holly, for having us. This has been a blast. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Holly. You're welcome. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I'm glad I got the team today. This is fun. So you can definitely find Shine Delight Enterprises at Shine, S-H-I-N-E, Delight, D-E-L-I-G-H-T, services.com. You can definitely check them out, too. Very witty once again, Shine Delight. So I love that. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on today. I've had such a good time, and I know that all the listeners, all the viewers out there are going to get a lot of value from this. Um, you know, just to say, oh, maybe there's some aha moments in this. Is there definitely was for me? I'm like, I'm definitely going to check out Alignable. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hello. I always learn so much from my expert guests on this show. So once again, thank you so much. And you guys, please do check them out on the web 
on the website. Um, once again, shinedelightservices.com. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast episode today. For any of the show notes mentioned in today's podcast, please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 138. And if you really love this podcast, please do me a favor and leave a review on 